Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Good afternoon. Man, I hope you had a great, great weekend as we're counting down the days till Santa and his reindeer fly to your home. It's the 12th day of the 12th month of the 22nd year of 2000. It is a Monday. Good afternoon and welcome. So glad you are here with us. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite, in the producer's chair. He's spinning all those tunes, pushing all the right buttons. He's on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles. By now, you know we're streaming everywhere, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. I can't tell you how many people tell me that that's how they listen and then and we're very very appreciative of that and if you're in the Acadiana area you want to put a face to the voice we're also simulcast on stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS fiber did you miss the headlines of the day not to worry the blonde bomber has you covered here is Holtberg's headlines seven straight Strike up the band. The New Orleans Pelicans are on a roll. Zion Williamson had 35 points, got some help from his friends. And after a benches clearing um, kind of an episode after a Friday night win, when Zion threw down a 360 with only seconds remaining, the Suns and the Pelicans in a playoff-like atmosphere went into overtime on a Sunday matinee, and the Pels beat the Suns 129-124. High-level basketball in December. The Pels are now 18-8 and overall. They lead the Western Conference by one game over the Memphis Grizzlies, two over the Nuggets, two and a half over the Suns, three and a half over the Kings, four over the Blazers and Clippers. They have won seven in a row, nine of their last ten. They're averaging 117 points a game, giving up 110 for a plus 7.0 differential. Home court advantage at the at the blender. Pels are 12 and 3 at home, 6 and 5 away. A scintillating 5 and 1 within their division, 12 and 5 within their conference. They are just a good, good basketball team. Now they get ready to go on the road. Utah Jazz are next up. Scott Kushner covers the Pels for the Times Picky and He'll join us here in just a minute. We'll talk all hoops with him. Um, LSU football exams are over. Uh, and there's a lot of a uh, lot of happy student athletes on that front. LSU basketball playing one of the better teams that they've had on their schedule um, looked awful for about 12 minutes. Kind of collected themselves, got back in the game at the half, trailed by eight, and then worked their way all the way back from a 20 point deficit to beating Wake 
forest by a pair. Um, 72-70 in State Farm Arena. Wow. Pretty darn good. Um, they were down 39-19. to 39-19 thanks to a Demon Deacon 17-zip run. Um, yeah. And they were in control. With 4.16 left in the first half, they were up and cruising and rolling. Um, but then LSU got a little spark. They closed out on a 14-2 run to trim the deficit to just 41-33 at the half. And K.J. Williams um, had himself quite the night, 35 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, he was knocking down everything. We'll talk with Glenn West about this uh, LSU basketball team as the AP Top 25 came out today. LSU is not in that number. Um, Purdue is the number one ranked team in the country. The highest ranked SEC team is Alabama, who has beaten two teams that were ranked number one by the time they played them. First, it was North Carolina. And then this weekend, a whew, just great athletes. They beat Houston. Um, Alabama's number four. Tennessee's number six. Arkansas, number 10. Kentucky, number 13. Mississippi State, 17. Auburn, number 19. On the women's side of things, Kansas uh, cracks the top 25. South Carolina still uh, receiving all 28 first-place votes. They're 9-0. They're number one. Kim Mulkey's LSU Tigers check in at number 11. They are also 9-0. So South Carolina, uh, the number one ranked team, LSU, the next SEC team on the women's top 25, and Arkansas is at number 21. So three teams from the SEC in the women's poll. Yes, indeed. Um, LSU looking forward to their bowl game. The Raging Cages looking forward to their bowl game, the Independence Bowl uh, on the 23rd. LSU, of course, playing in the Citrus Bowl um, against Purdue on January 2nd. Um, we all know by now Purdue's without its coach. Jeff Brom bolted for Louisville finally. Uh, fortunately for Purdue, he left behind Aiden O'Connell, who's thrown for more than 9,000 career yards. That's going on along with a lot on the uh, recruiting front for LSU. And we'll talk to Glenn West uh, all about that as the Tigers are um, trying to close this thing out. Currently, LSU has just 10 players in the por portal. Um, including Antoine Sampa and Philip Webb, who entered before the start of the season. Uh, just to give you an idea, LSU with 10. Florida has 23 in the portal. Texas A&M has 21. Arkansas, 21. Ole Miss, 17. Auburn, 16. Alabama, 15. So LSU not hurt nearly as much as uh, some of the others. Caleb Williams of USC wins the Heisman Trophy over Max Duggan of TCU. The Tulane Green Wave will now take on the Heisman Trophy winner and his USC Trojan teammates in the Cotton Bowl. It wasn't it great to not have to worry about the 
Um, New Orleans Saints yesterday. My goodness gracious. Didn't have to worry about watching that debacle. Uh, But who's better than the Philadelphia Phillies? I don't think anybody is right now. They became the first team this season to clinch a playoff berth, demolishing their NFC East rival, New York Giants, 48 to 22. And, oh, yeah, supposedly the game of the week, it, it wasn't even remotely close because the San Francisco 49ers were spectacular. Tom Brady's homecoming to Northern California was ruined by the Niners. The 49ers just pillaged the NFC South leading Bucks 35 to 7 leading them leaving them with a one-game lead over the Carolina Panthers, who were winners, and the idle Atlanta Falcons in the division. Brady threw a pair of interceptions, and the 49ers with uh, rookie Tom Purdy at quarterback. They were just sensational. Sunday's loss to the rookie Brock Purdy was Tom Brady's first to an opposing quarterback making his first NFL start. Brady had previously been 6-0 and in such instances. It's pretty darn impressive. Pretty darn impressive. Um, again, in this hour, Scott Kushner, Times Picayune, will talk Pels and their seven-game win streak leading the Western Conference. Glenn West will talk all things LSU basketball, LSU recruiting. Hour number two, an epic High school state championship game between two Lafayette schools, St. Thomas More and Lafayette Christian Academy. And it went right down to the wire. Danny Jones was on the call of the game here on 1037. I just wanted him to go over touchdown, onside kicks, touchdown, just back and forth, just incredible performance. Talked to some people that said that's they've never seen a high school football game like that ever before. It was that exciting and that uh, much of a nail biter. So we'll go over that with Danny Jones. Blake Rafino from the Are You Serious podcast will join us as well. And we'll we'll shoot the breeze about LSU and and some of the uh, the things going on in Tiger Town. How about that? Well, guess what, NBA fans. DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NBA this holiday season. Right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving Louisiana NBA fans a special gift. For a limited time, you can get a no-sweat bet on every New Orleans Pelicans game this December. Check this out. This month, everyone can earn a no-sweat bet with DraftKings Sportsbook. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in under the Promos tab, and place an eligible bet of your choice on a New Orleans game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get your money back in a free bet. How about that? So if you bet um, the Pels to to beat the Suns, um, you win. You win. If they didn't win, you'd get your money back in a free bet. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app 
now. New customers can sign up with promo code 1037GAME and get a no-sweat bet on every New Orleans Pelicans game this December. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app and opt in today to receive this limited-time offer. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. You must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Max reward limits apply. One free bet issued based on amount of initial losing bet. Eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. They're the hottest team in the NBA. They're the best team in the state of Louisiana. And we're talking the New Orleans Pelicans when we return to the Jordy Helpert Show here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, welcome back. Uh, we lead things off with the red-hot New Orleans Pelicans, winners of seven in a row, in sole possession of first place in the Western Conference, thanks to back-to-back wins over the Phoenix Suns. The last one coming yesterday uh, in a high-level game of uh, skill and athleticism, went into overtime, and the Pels win at 129-124. I value our first guest's opinion and his knowledge of NBA basketball. Scott Kushner uh, for the Times-Picayune does a tremendous job, always very insightful and uh, always tells it like it is, and he's kind enough to join us. Scott, it's been a while, my friend. Um, Happy holidays, and thank you for agreeing to come on today, buddy. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. Yeah, it has been a minute. Good to hear from you. It is – it's it's quite a remarkable season to date. Um, your assessment of this Pelicans team, twenty six games into the eighty two game marathon. I mean, <laughs> what more can you say? Uh, I don't think there's really a negative uh, that you can put uh, on this season right now, right? This is uh, right. about as good as it gets for this franchise. I, I think this is the best start they've ever had uh, to this point in, in team history, which includes that you know kind of magical 2007-08 season. Um, and yeah, they've just they're really good. They're really deep. They've got a ton of talent, and even though they've been kind of plagued by injuries. It hasn't really mattered, and that is really out of character for this franchise, which so typically has got derailed um, by injuries in November and December. And this team is just, you know, taking the hits and just plowing right on through, which has been uh, kind of amazing to watch. And I've got to give credit where credit is due because I was on the other side of the fence. I didn't think David Griffin would survive. I thought, my God, what is he doing? Things were terrible. And now he looks like a genius. I mean, this is the deepest team in the NBA. You come off with four or five guys off the bench, and you don't miss a beat. So I've got to give Griff a lot of credit uh, for the uh, assemblage of of this team that he's got. It is. And believe me, the word fraud was thrown around a lot. Uh, you know, he's, he's spoken very glittering language when he arrived. There was a lot yep. of talk of 
all these, you know, high-minded ideals and all this stuff, and, and it didn't pan out for a while, you know? The, you sign Alvin Gentry to an extension, you fire him that season. You, you hire Stan Van Gundy, you fire him that season. And, you know, the then, you know, the Zion thing fizzles out. He looks like he's going to miss basically his whole career to the injury. And, like, there was a lot of... Uh, a real pressure, you know, as the team yep. floundered to start the first two thirds, really, of last season. Mm-hmm. And then, but they kind of kept together. They kept playing hard under Willie. And even though they weren't winning, uh, they were kind of right in the mix and, mm-hmm. you know, having to play in tournament health. And they had traded for CJ McCollum and the rest is history. And it really, uh, it, it kind of an amazing turnaround as a franchise. And, and he's, you know, Credit the scouting department, credit him, credit yeah. uh, kind of everybody involved. It's really like an amazing story. It has been remarkable. Larry Nance has been, yeah, Larry Nance has been terrific. Look, and Pels are running. Oh, yeah. um, Ingram hadn't played in a bunch of games. C.J. McCollum has played, but for a while he couldn't throw the ball in Lake Pontchartrain. But he busted yeah. out with 29 yesterday. So heaven forbid if they all get on the same page and start playing like they're capable, look out. Yeah, I mean, really, and you know, we—that's. I think that's the big story of the season now. I think everybody knows this is now a playoff team. Uh, you got to, you know, and they'll probably if they continue what they're doing, they'll end up with a good seat. The question is, what's the ceiling? Because you can't use nine, ten guys really in the playoffs playing big minutes. Right. You got to be able. Your starters are going to play forty plus minutes, and the other team starters are going to play that too. You need Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum and Zion Williamson to learn how to play together. And you haven't yes. seen that yet. And that's yes. really due to health more than anything. So while it's great you have so many options and so many guys, different hero every night, that kind of thing can pull you through a regular season. So really ramp it up in the playoffs, though. You need your stars to carry you. And uh, and that's the only part of this equation we really haven't seen yet. So while, you know, I, I think that's why – I'm hesitant to say, like, you know, title, you know, contender, all that stuff. I think that's a little premature only because yeah. we haven't seen this group with their top guys all together really go out and play well. Uh, Scott Kushner with us. You know, I was of the belief, and I've changed my approach here on this. I was of the belief, how how are Ingram and Zion and CJ going to play together? There's only so many shots out there. What I've come to realize is Zion doesn't need many shots to get his numbers. His field goal percentage and his ability to get to the free throw line is unmatched. It's crazy the efficiency at which he can score. Um, it reminds me a lot of Shaq. Doesn't it remind you that of that yeah, to, to yeah. some level where yeah. it's like everyone in the building knows what he's going to do. He knows what he's going to do yeah. and he does it anyway. And he doesn't yeah. have to have the ball constantly. He doesn't kind of suck up all the oxygen out of the room. Um, right. And it, when, when it could, the difference is that when the, the defense does kind of change and you saw Phoenix do it a lot yesterday, they were collapsing on him, oh my God, you know, sending two, three guys and he just makes the right pass. Yeah. And, uh, He's patient enough to do it. And so I think when you have – and those guys all score at different levels. Zion's pretty much everything at the rim. Ingram is really, really good in the mid-range. And McCollum, obviously, is so dangerous from three. So I think the fact that you kind of have – everybody has their individual space on the floor. It can work. We just haven't seen it yet. Um, and so that it'll, it'll take an adjustment, and it's going to you know require them figuring some stuff out. But, uh, yeah. you know, the first things first, they need to get Ingram back on the court. Yeah, it's a good problem to have. Uh, Scott Kushner yeah. with us. I'm going to go off off 
script here. Not that we have a script, but I, I was thinking about as Chris Paul was playing and and the fans were booing him. Chris Paul is to the Pelicans what Nick Saban is to LSU football. People forget that Nick Saban took LSU out of the abyss and built them into this incredible program. And I venture to say that if we don't have Chris Paul, we don't have an NBA franchise in New Orleans. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think that's a really good comparison, one I hadn't thought of. Um, The difference being that, you know, I think LSU football would still be around if uh, not for Nick Saban, but he definitely took them to a different level. But yeah, I mean, you were there. Chris Paul, like, there was very real talk, and not like bluffing, like there was an attendance threshold that the team was not going to hit if not for them just vaulting into contention, led by an MVP season. He didn't win it, but an MVP season from Chris Paul, and they won, what, they went 55, 56 games, and they had the All-Star game here, and it was just a total game changer. And they never would have hit the attendance threshold, which would have allowed them to opt out of the lease, and they would have left because anybody would have left them. They, nobody cared about this team until Chris Paul got there and sparked it. And so it is very real what he did for the city. It is also very real the dirty, like almost wrestling heel level uh, stuff that yeah. he does on the court. <laughs> oh, and, he's, and so he's about he as dirty as they come. You know? Yes, yes, no doubt. I, I kind of like Scott. And, and when I was doing the games, um, they didn't have this. Uh, like we saw a Friday, Sunday, Phoenix, New Orleans. Phoenix stays in town. You play two games. It's like a playoff atmosphere. The Pels get mm-hmm. to do it again because they play in Utah tomorrow. And then they play Utah on Thursday. I kind of like that. I think it's good for the players. It's It takes away from all the travel. Um um, and it kind of gets used to what a playoff atmosphere is kind of like. Agreed. Uh, I, I actually fully agree with that. I think, you know, the, the lot of complaint about travel and a lot of complaints about back-to-backs uh, in the NBA, that was kind of always the big thing is, you know, these guys are too tired and they're not showing up because they've got yeah. all this stuff. And it's like, hey, you, you play these teams twice a year in one place. Just play them. Make it, you know, what's the difference? Everybody right. likes to watch it. It's not as if it matters when you – what you know, when you play them. So go ahead and knock them both out when you're there. And, and I think it would save a lot of mileage on, on uh, flights going back and forth. There's nothing yeah. worse. You know, you've, you've done it. It's like, okay, it's go rude. play a one game at Minnesota and then come back home. It's like, all right, well, what was the point of that? You know? Right. So right. It, uh, I think this is a much smarter way to do it. Um, Scott, um, Zion at the free throw line, I'm hearing MVP champs. I say, why not? Should he be in the discussion? I mean, it's so early, but shouldn't his name be uh, amongst those that that we always think of, like Giannis and Luka and others? Uh, If the Pelicans continue to be the number one seed and he continues to be the number one player on the number one yeah. seed, I promise you he's going to be in the conversation yeah. uh, by the time yeah. we get there. You know, he didn't do that much October, early November. Uh, it's really been the last few weeks that he's kind of taken over. So we'll see if he can maintain that momentum. But yeah, he scored he's scoring 30 plus a night. He does it very right. efficiently. He's also doing stuff now on the defensive end. Um, he just puts up numbers and he's really... He's just special to watch. I mean, it really is in a level that you don't see that often. He's such a unique player, and uh, I think he's captivating because of that. And so that sort of thing helps. You know, if you get yourself into the MVP conversation, that's the kind of thing that will 
sort of push you over the edge. Everybody that comes off the bench has, has, I mean, Alvarado, a fan favorite, no question. Nance has been just spectacular. Uh, 15.7 rebounds yesterday, night and night. Najee Marshall has been spectacular as well. Um, It's just kind of uh, amazing. I love this. I love this Dyson Daniels. I think this dude's going to be a player uh, once he gets more and more minutes. And he's, you know, he got 36 minutes yesterday. So obviously there's a trust factor there 11 points um eight assists that's not bad he's pretty good it is amazing how long this franchise was looking for you know really high iq basketball players and how bad they were at finding them you know they were getting talented guys but guys who didn't necessarily uh not even unselfish, just didn't know where to go with it, never felt like they were making heads-up play. And now they've got just tons of those guys. And Najee Marshall, who's someone who I never would have put in that conversation when he kind of you know showed up late in the year two years ago, he's definitely in that. Like, he's an extremely heads-up player. Dyson Daniels, 19, he plays like he's 35. He's, like, crafty. Uh, It is, you know, Trey Murphy, all these guys. You know, with the notable exception of Jackson Hayes, who's not getting any minutes – uh, everybody else, it's very hard to put them in the category otherwise. They seem to all play unselfishly, they play cohesively, and they and they know where the creases are and where the you know, and that's where you can separate good teams from bad teams. It's not always just talent. It's the, you know, chemistry of that, you know, growing over to the next level. Oh, yeah. And a lot of that is just having players who seem to kind of know where to go with the ball. They say you don't lose your uh, position because of injury. Uh, when Herb Jones comes back, when Brandon Ingram comes back, Ingram goes right into the lineup. So you got Williamson, Valanciunas, Ingram. You got McCullum. Man, I don't know. That Trey Murphy, I love how he stretches. I like offense, man. I like guys that can score. Uh, Herb Jones is more of a defensive guy. I mean, it's it's a good problem to have because now you got two lineups. I mean, my gosh. Yeah, you got two full-on five-man lineups that yeah. you can play. Uh, and it's going to be really, I mean, it's a great problem for Willie Green, but it is a problem. Like, And he's got to kind of hope that all these guys sort of stick with him. Uh, right. So far, you know, because of injuries, they've all gotten a chance to kind of get themselves going. They're right. winning. All those things are good. But, like, yeah, that becomes the hardest part, right, is somebody's going to yeah. lose minutes when these guys come back and will they may be able to maintain everything that they're doing. And it, it's a challenging, uh, you know, situation in a good way, but it's still challenging for Willie Green. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know where you go with it. I mean, Valanciunas, I would think would be the guy who they kind of pull minutes from. I feel like, right. you know, unless there's another big center on the floor, they're so, uh, they've got so many wings and they're so positionless in what they can do that he feels a little bit uh, unnecessary sometimes. But yeah, I mean, he's still going to play. I just don't know how. You know, maybe yeah, maybe you'll play him a little less. I think every game will determine, and and as long as they're all on the same page, and they seem to have great chemistry and a great, you know, family like atmosphere. I think you're going to see more zones. I really do to try and yeah. slow Zion down. And if that's the case, then oh, Murphy's got to play. <laughs> he can shoot it. Yeah. He can shoot it, and then you're going to have to play Devontae Grant for that, too. And, and he's been a yeah. little bit better this year than he was last year. Um, and, yeah, you're, I mean, Zion shot the ball a couple times yesterday. I, I know. think that's a huge development, seeing him yes. step out beyond the three, shoot it confidently, and even if he doesn't make it every time, just the uh, the threat. 
that it's there. It's going to, have, it's going to change the way defenses play. I mean, if you put one guy on him and he's got a, a lane to the basket, he's going to the rim and he's going right. to score. I mean, there's just no question. <laughs> it's whether or not he also gets a foul or not. That's the only question if you've got one guy on him. Yeah, uh, if they stay healthy, I, I, we've seen some runs before, but I think this is kind of sustainable with this group. It's fun to talk hoops, especially when the Pels are good. Hasn't always been that case, but they're good. <laughs> and, Scott, I greatly appreciate your time, man. Merry Christmas to you. Absolutely, Jordy. Thanks so much for having me on. All right, buddy. You're the best. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with tickets to a special sneak peek of the new Whitney Houston biopic, I Want to Dance with Somebody. That's right. You can see it before anyone else by simply texting Whitney to 68683. That's Whitney, W-H-I-T-N-E-Y, to 68683 to score a pair of tickets for a sneak peek December 20th at Celebrity Theater in Broussard. It's the I Want to Dance with Somebody sneak preview brought to you by A. Brian's Jewelry and the game southwest louisiana sports station from the pels to the tigers we'll be right back here on the jordy helper show they say shooters shoot he's a man who shoots from the hip and a man who's hip when he shoots and no one shoots more from the hip when it comes to sports talk than the blonde bomber Back to more of the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Let's get right to it. My buddy Glenn West, kind enough to join us as he does each and every Monday to talk all things LSU. Glenn, happy holidays. Merry Christmas, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great, Jordy. How are you? I'm good. I saw LSU basketball finally play, uh, play Wake Forest, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, this is going to get – what a long year this is going to be. They fell behind by 20, but to their credit, they fought back and they beat Wake by two. What, what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I mean, a really impressive win uh, for, for Matt McMahon in his first year. I mean, he just – they haven't really faced an opponent like this all season in terms of competition and, and talent level that, you know, they're probably going to see a lot of in the SEC. So this was really going to be their first big uh, litmus test on how they were able to do. And uh, they did a, a really nice job of just staying the course. You know, you get down by by 20 early in that game. You think it's just about to get out of reach. And then yeah. over the fi- final four minutes of that first half is where they really got themselves back into the game. They go on a 14-2 to two run. Um, KJ Williams, who I'm sure we'll get to in a minute here, uh, just goes, I mean, wasn't missing a shot. I mean, there was really no words to describe how well he was playing and how efficient his shot making was and just a really impressive performance to kind of chip away at it bit by bit. And, uh, they were able to come away with a really, really impressive win on the road. Um, they play hard. It is quite obvious to me that they they have a plan and that they're well coached. Uh, I think that's quite apparent. Um, look, KJ Williams isn't going to shoot the ball that well every game, but um, Adam Miller's not going to shoot the ball that poorly every game. So that's going to kind of level off. I just wonder who's the other scorers on this team. That's my big question mark. Yeah, there, there, there's a couple guys I think they're going to have to really rely on. Cam Hayes, the guard who they brought off the bench. Uh, I think scored 13, 12, 13 points in that game uh, off the bench on Saturday. He's been pretty reliable for them uh, in terms of just getting some secondary scoring, some secondary crea- uh, shot creation. Uh, he's been really solid the last couple of games. Uh, another guy I'm looking towards is is Derek Fountain. Uh, he, he has been kind of the defensive anchor of this team. Uh-huh. 
uh, so far. They he's played so well defensively that McMahon uh, finally thrust him into the starting lineup on Saturday, and he played uh, really really well in that first start. I think he had 11 points and four steals, um, and and just really impacted the game, especially down the stretch. Um, you know, LSU did not shoot the ball really well from the free throw line. I think they were four fifteen from the free throw line, but yeah. um, off of three of those misses, they got put back layups off of uh, off of free throws, which was extremely important down the stretch. And, and Fountain had one of those uh, in the closing minutes of that game. Um, really, really impressive. Uh, just kind of mental fortitude there to kind of stick with it. And, and we just actually talked with Matt McMahon today, and he was, you know, really just impressed with. It's just how you know the team kind of came together. There were there were times earlier this year where they called a timeout when things weren't going well, and the bench was silent. There wasn't much talking going on. But yeah, as as LSU kind of fell behind in that game, he said KJ Williams was a really big voice for them in terms of keeping up the momentum, keeping up the positivity, and they were able to chip away and win that game. Glenn West with us. Um, North Carolina Central tomorrow. Winthrop. On Saturday, Winthrop's usually a pretty good team. East Tennessee State on Wednesday, a week from this Wednesday. And then the fun begins. You've got Arkansas. You go on the road to Kentucky. Uh, A&M's a beatable team. Florida's a beatable team. Then you've got, uh, I tell you what, Alabama is really good. Yeah. And you got to go to Tuscaloosa January 14th. That that Alabama Houston game, my goodness. That that was some serious hoops. So we're gonna find out about this LSU basketball team uh by the middle of January, whether they're in it or they're out of it. Yeah, I think if you can get out of there five hundred of those first six games, um, I think you're looking at a very uh impressive start to SEC play. This is not an easy start no. by any stretch. Um no. you mentioned Arkansas and Alabama, but uh, even Florida's got some big wins this year. Yeah. A&M's played well. Yeah. Uh, this is a really loaded conference this year. <laughs> I think you, you kind of saw that this last weekend in the SEC Big 12 matchups. There was yeah. a lot of really great back and forth between these uh, these two conferences, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do against the ACC next year. Uh, right. Uh, That'll be fun. Wait Please give us but... North Carolina or Duke. Don't don't give me Clemson. Yeah. Ah, yeah. No. Give me we'll one see. of those teams. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, just really, really uh uh in you know high level basketball being played in this conference right now. And uh look, if LSU can continue to find their rhythm offensively, you know, I thought their 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 kind of spacing and their their shot creating and their passing was a lot better than in any of the games we've seen. Uh, really all year um, against Wake Forest. If they can continue to grow offensively, uh, I think this is going to be a much better uh, much better team entering conference play than we saw even a week ago. I think they've really made that much progress. They had a week between games to really kind of focus on themselves, and I think you could really tell that they made some nice strides. Of LSU's first eight conference games, six including Arkansas twice, are ranked in the top 25. They've got Arkansas, Kentucky, and then a four-game stretch at Alabama, home against Auburn, home against Tennessee, and at Arkansas. Yeah. It, it, there's, no, there's no tougher schedule in, in America than that. Than no, that. absolutely not. And, and, yeah, I mean, Tennessee's a really veteran, well-coached oh, team. They're so good. They, they've got uh, actually one of LSU's highest recruits from last year initially, Julian Phillips. He, yeah. he plays for Tennessee now. You got 
uh, Treyor, who's a big center that plays for Auburn. He he flipped from LSU uh, to to Auburn when all that stuff went down right. with Coach Wade. So right. there's there's just a lot of um a lot of talent in yeah. the SEC. And look, LSU is still a, a program that's trying to find its footing. I think under Matt McMahon, they've got a lot of new play, players and now a lot of new pieces that they've got to mix in. Uh, so. You know, yeah, you got to have patience. Patience. You gotta really, just see growth. Uh, I think in any way possible, even if it, even if it's in losses. Yeah, if, as long as they play hard. Uh, yeah. And, and, and they're gonna play smart, but you know they got to knock down shots and they got to prevent teams from knocking down shots. And I just don't know yet, but it's still kind of early. Glenn West with us. All right, football front. The final exams are over. Um, Ten players are in the portal, uh, which is kind of low compared to a lot of the other SEC schools. Where do we stand in recruiting? There's been a lot of home visits going on. How's LSU faring at this point? Yeah, so uh, really busy week last week for LSU in terms of just watching their players go to the portal, figuring out which ones – uh, that they knew they were going to lose. And, uh, you know, I don't think there were any real surprises. You yeah. know, Jack Besh, you know, entered the portal and, uh, you know, Cole Taylor, the tight end. They lost an offensive lineman. They've lost a couple defensive linemen. So they're going to have to, re- you know, retool uh, this this roster. And they're already on the, you know, on the road, you know, recruiting and, and trying to really finish off this freshman class in a, in a positive manner. Uh, the, the early signing period is coming up here in a matter of nine or ten days. So, okay be a lot of in-home visits a lot of on-campus uh visits there was uh i think five committed players no uh yeah five committed players who were on campus this last weekend they brought in a couple of tight ends that are out of state that are uh one was uh one's committed currently but they they think they have a, a chance to flip them uh and then there's another tight end that they also brought in so they're looking to beef up some of their positions with the freshman class but they're also hitting the transfer portal hard they've offered a number of defensive linemen already uh, and uh, a couple tight ends as well. So they're 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 looking to beef up some of these positions, and they've they've done a really nice job, I think, of at least getting a foot in the door on a lot of these players. No surprise, BJ Ogilari going to the draft. Um, they've got to replace a player like that. Good luck, uh, because he, he he's pretty darn effective to say the to to say the least. Um, so we shall see. Do you anticipate when the early signing period comes up in a matter of a week or a couple of days? I think it's the 21st, something like that. 21st, yeah. 21st, 21st you, is the early signing period. Do you anticipate a big, big signing crop? Yes, I do. Okay. I mean, they're, they're right now they're standing at 23 commits. Um, there's a couple more that are deciding here in the next week. A um, couple cornerbacks, JV and Toviano, okay. uh, Devin Ricks. Those are two high-profile, high profile, high High, highly regarded targets for LSU that if they if they hit on those and they're finishing with a really really stand up class and uh, a really really strong strong finish to their early signing period. So I think really right now what it is for LSU more than anything they've got a great group of players already signed uh, or already committed and it's just about retaining those guys. You know this is the kind of final weeks or. Uh, just when you you kind of see a lot of flipping, a lot of guys going to other programs at the last minute. Uh, so uh, you know, Brian Kelly and his staff have made sure they're hitting the hitting the road hard with these recruits and yeah. and getting in their homes and and making their final pitches to to sign with the Tigers on the twenty first. I'm sure the Tigers are practicing now. I know that Jaden Daniels is not going to practice, but the more and more I think of it, and I and I talked to some people who are uh, in the NFL, and they're all 
if asked, would give the advice of come back for another year. Look what Jalen Hurts did and how that helped him out. Um, and that's just one of the quarterbacks that, that came back for another year and improved their their draft stock. So I, I, I'm looking at Hendon Hooker. Look Hendon at Hendon Hooker is the other year. one I was thinking of. He's the classic example uh, of coming back and look what look what he's done. Even though he's got the injury, uh, he's going to be a day one pick. Yeah. Um, and I think Jaden Daniels is at best a day two pick, probably a day three pick right now, if I had to guess, uh, from what I'm being told. So I, the more and more I think about it, I think he's getting the advice to come back. And why wouldn't LSU want him back? Yeah, so I, I think there's a couple things here. Um, a couple weeks ago, I think uh, most people were leaning towards, yes, he's coming back, and there really wasn't a whole lot of question marks around it. I do think – you know, as after a season ends, you get a chance to really talk with people around the, you know, the NFL. You get right. to talk with agents and scouts and all that and kind of really pick their brain on where your draft stock might be. And I think he's he's probably hearing a lot of day two buzz right now, because, I mean, if you think about it, he is an elite level athlete. And, and we all know that the NFL, they just gravitate towards athletes and especially Absolutely. global quarterbacks yeah. like him. So. I, I think it's a little bit more of a discussion right now that's going on. I think okay. his decision will ultimately have a trickle-down effect on what okay. happens with this room. Um, but I, 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 I'm still in the camp that I think he comes back, and if he comes back, he can really, really improve that draft oh. stock next year um, and and just make it a – uh, a really uh, just con you know a, a season of continuity for this offense that really hasn't had any in the last couple of years. I just think the league is lose losing the SEC is losing a lot of quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. I think he has a chance with the supporting cast around him to really take care of some unfinished business. I think I really do think uh, he comes back and he gets one more year of tutelage under Kelly and Denbrock and Sloan. I mean the the. The leap he made from the start to that stretch run where he was just on fire was remarkable. And I think he could make himself a day one pick quite easily and be a Heisman Trophy candidate. I really believe it. If LSU has the type of year that we think they can. Yeah, I mean, those are a lot of reasons right there that yeah. you just laid out. And yeah, I'll throw in another one, NIL. I mean, if he if he thinks that he can make a, a good chunk of change next year by coming back and there those those boosters those come on gordon get it done them. baby get it yeah. done gordon yeah if there's uh if there's if there's if there's boosters and, and guys that are around the program that think that they can help him out in that regards then they're by all means going to do it and so i do think that there's a lot of opportunity now even in the last year or two for a lot of these guys who were on the bubble uh to really come yeah. back and, and and have one more one more go at a championship. So it's a whole different ball game. It really is. All right, uh, Glenn West, thank you so much, buddy. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, hoop season's upon us. We got to wait till January second for football, but the portal's still open and recruiting's still hot and heavy. So I know you'll be busy. And thank you for your time as always. Yes, sir. Thank you. You're the best. Glenn West, kind enough to join us. You know, you can listen to all your favorite Christmas classics or local Cajun Christmas songs on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. That's nonstop Christmas music 24-7 on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. You can listen live at LACHristmasChannel.com or download the free mobile app on both Apple and Android devices and listen on your Amazon Alexa. So listen to some holiday cheer with the Louisiana Christmas Channel. We're back to wrap up our number one here on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 
game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana and around the world. We'll be back. A recent survey said that game listeners prefer our station than filing their taxes. Take that, taxes. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, uh, welcome back. A um, near and dear friend because he was the first coach of the New Orleans Hornets. Um, Paul Silas, um, a three-time NBA champion, um, a longtime coach. He coached LeBron in his rookie season at Cleveland, but he was the coach that uh, that came uh, with the Hornets from Charlotte to New Orleans. I used to do his uh, coaches' shows and talk to him all the time. As kind uh, a man as there is, he won two NBA titles with the Boston Celtics as a player. He won one with the Seattle Supersonics. He was an unbelievable uh, player for Creighton, where he averaged over 20 rebounds a game three consecutive years, uh, was a defensive uh, expert, uh, and just, but just a kind, sweet man. Rest in peace, Paul Silas, dead at the age of 79. He was really, really a good, good dude. I hate to see that. His son, of course, Stephen, the head coach of the Houston Rockets. Uh, your Alexa or Google Home speaker helps out around the house. It allows you to control your lights, your thermostats, and so much more. But did you know that it can also play the game? Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to play the game Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. So do the smart thing and have the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, with you at your office, at your home, and everywhere you go. Coming up, hour number two, we'll relive that scintillating state championship, St. Thomas More, LCA, and much more. This is the Jody Helper Show. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. It's hour number two of two, and hour number one, if you missed it, Scott Kushner gave us an update on the uh, winners of seven straight. Number one team in the Western Conference of the NBA, the New Orleans Pelicans. Glenn West joined us, and we talked a little LSU hoops with their big win over Wake Forest. Talked a little bit of LSU football recruiting. We begin our number two by looking back to what had to be the best game of many great games. And, and look, congratulations to all the teams, their coaches, their players that made it to the Superdome. It is hard. It is difficult to be there. And unfortunately, you're going to have a winner. You're going to have a loser. If you're on the right side of that ledger, it is painstakingly, agonizingly difficult. If you're on the other side, it's the greatest feeling in the world. I can't imagine a better game than the select Division II state championship between two District 4A rivals in Acadiana as St. Thomas Moore, wow, 52, Lafayette Christian, 48. He was there with the best seat in the house as the voice of the 
St. Thomas More Cougars. Um, Danny Jones, kind enough to join us to kind of recap this thing. I didn't see a play up. Danny, first off, thank you and uh, happy holidays, man. How you doing? Thank you, man. Happy holidays to you guys and, and doing well. Uh, still trying to figure out how that last whole minute and a half went. Still trying to figure I that out three days later. Yeah, I've talked to some people that said they've never, ever seen anything quite like that. Um, Coach Hightower said, I've been coaching forever and a day. I've never had a finish like that. It was a 10-point game with Lafayette Christian ahead with about 50 seconds to go. Is that about right? Well, we scored our first touchdown with a minute to go, got the onside kick, scored again with 49 seconds. So two touchdowns in 11 seconds. Holy cow. All right. Take me um, take me through it, this series of events, because you had the lead, then you lost the lead. Uh, this Jawan Johnson, I've never seen a team rely on one player quite like him. Uh, again, over 500 yards of offense, five touchdowns. He did throw two picks, but overall, this guy must be unbelievable. Well, look, he, you know, and, and take – the last pick was, you know, somewhat desperation uh, there to end the game. He did have, you know, right. so he had, when the game mattered, he had an interception, which was a phenomenal defensive play by the defensive back that broke off his own coverage to under to go underneath because we were beat deep. And yeah. so that was, that was a big one. And then we also had a fumble recovery. Uh, we were able to knock it out of uh, Juwan's hands as he was going to the ground. So, you know, it's crazy to think this was a 3 nothing game at the end of the first quarter. Uh, wow. Somebody said, well, was there any defense play? So there was five punts, there were four turnovers, and they still scored 100 points, and 97 of those came in quarters two, three, and four. Uh, <laughs> so it, 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 the, the ebb and flow of the game was crazy. I mean, you're coming, off a, uh, you're coming against a team that the previous two weeks had scored 138 points, and somehow or another you find a way to shut them out in the first quarter. You know, St. Thomas Moore shut them out in week 10 in the first half. Um, but you can only hold somebody like Jawan Johnson down for so long. He's, he's a generational talent. He is special. He is what LCA football will be all through next year as well because he is a phenomenal athlete and makes everybody around him better. Um, and so you knew they were going to get their points at some point. <laughs> Yeah. Well, all right. What are you thinking with a minute 46 to go? You're down 10. You got a pretty, I mean, is this where quarterbacks go to get really, really good to St. Thomas Moore? This Sam Altman, geez, can he sling it? He, and look, he didn't play very well in the first half. Um, and I think that's really what makes his performance in the second half even that much better. He wishes he had some throws back and he missed Tanner Hornback several times. And Tanner's not a very big guy and Sam's a taller guy. And they just couldn't get on the same page a whole bunch in the first half. And so the way he responded in the second half, you know, we go up 17-7, to seven, and the worst thing in football to me is the opportunity for your opponent to do make it, take it. And okay. LCA scores with 15 seconds to go in the first half, makes it 17-14, and they're going to get the ball to start the second half. Gotcha. And so they come out, and they score, and they go up 21-17. And they force a punt – they go down and score, and just like that, they miss the extra point, and it's 27 to 17. And you sit there and you kind of go, oh no, what's, what's getting ready to happen? Because De La Salle saw this two weeks before that in the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. Turling saw what he could do in, in the semifinals, and he, he's, kind of, he's kind of picking up steam, and you sit there going, 
just could get out of hand really quick. It was I even called it the danger zone for St. Thomas Moore if they didn't go down and score. Fortunately, they went down and scored 27-24. Charlie, I mean, uh, LCA comes back, and it's 34-24, and it's just back and forth. They're up by three, and he goes around the right side. They've got it at the 15-yard line, and he scores with three minutes to go. And I said at that point, I said, there's still, there's still a chance because St. Thomas Moore's got three minutes. They've scored quick. They've scored on long pass plays. They had a little running play, and they've got three timeouts remaining. So you're going to have to score quick. If you elect kickoff to and give it back to Juwan Johnson, you've got a chance to stop him, but you've got to do it in your three timeouts. They review the play. His knee was down, and so they bring him back to the one, and I said, this is the worst-case scenario because now they're going to be able to run he time caught. on the clock. Right. And so they stop him on first down, stop him on second down, use a timeout on second down, and he gets into the end zone on third down. He had a great second effort to get in, and they go up by 10, and it's a minute 45. <laughs> and, look, that's the time when people start to leave. You know, yeah. your team just went by, yeah. down by 10. And so St. Thomas Moore gets the ball back. They're on 20, 13-yard pass, 12-yard pass, uh 10-yard pass or whatever it is, and the next thing you know, they get a pass to Christian McNeese, and they thread it between two defenders that hit each other, and McNeese goes to 44 yards, and there's a minute to go in the game, and you're down wow. by three. You only got two timeouts, so the only other option is the onside kick. How did that just, turn How did that about? Well, and, and they've put so many rules into the onside kick for, for safety, it's almost virtually impossible to get an onside kick now. Um, right. I always tell people I think the best one is to run straight with your kicker and have people around okay. him and try to follow on it after it goes 10 yards. Uh-huh. But we had a kid that's been hurt all season. This is the only play he's probably played in five weeks. He came on. He's a left-footed kicker. He kicked it. He probably kicked it harder than he wanted to. Um, and St. Thomas Moore dies for it. It was awfully close to being touched right before 10 yards. Some will say it did. Some will say it didn't depending on which side of the field you were on. <laughs> and and it was awfully close. I mean, they replayed it, and I still, you know, I know there's a still picture out there, and it appears that you really got to see the whole video because pictures don't do it justice when you're trying to compare live video. And he, hit, he kicked it so hard, it bounced off the LCA receiver and bounced about 10 yards back towards St. Thomas Moore's way. No and, way. And St. Thomas Moore had somebody coming from behind which is what happened to him in week four against Catholic. The ball kept bounced all the way straight back, and they had nobody to recover it. And so they put that in to kind of have a trailer, and Nico Blanchard jumped on it for St. Thomas Moore at the 46-yard line. When that happened, was there any doubt in your mind that St. Thomas Moore was going to find a way to win? With the amount of time left, I felt good of where we were forty, you know, at our own 46, 54 yards. At this point in time, neither defense was topping the other. Right. And so now we're right. in a situation of who had the ball last. Um, and we could kick a field goal to, to tie it, uh, but our range is about 30 to 35 on field goals. So if you got inside the 20, you probably have a good a chance to, to get a touchdown. And never did I think when they rolled, and, and I'll try to watch you, walk you through this, Jordy. If, I don't okay. know if you've seen the play. It was an incredible throw by Sam Altman. They, they faked it to the, to the near side of the field, which they were on the far side. And he rolls back and flows everything back to the St. Thomas Moore sideline and turns and throws against his body 55 yards in the air. And, wow. I mean, drops it in the bread basket between two defenders 
of our receiver falling back to the ground, and he catches it in the end zone. It was a phenomenal throw, phenomenal catch. And my first thought was, oh, no, we left too much time on the clock. No, oh, no. That was, that, was my, that was my first thought. And then, <laughs> out of emotion, the young man got up and he spiked the football. And so then the flag came out. So now we're going to kick off from the 25 instead of the 40. And there's a chance to have great field position for LCA. Ooh, and so yeah. all that was running through my mind. They had a great kickoff, a low-line drive squib kick. They muffed it at the 20. And then our kickoff coverage was able to get behind everybody. And we stopped them at the 19-yard line. And then they got it out to the 36 and then threw it deep and then the interception. And it's really hard to put into words. Um, we've all seen crazy stuff in sports. And when, sometimes when we think that we've seen it all, something tops it. And it was really wow. unfortunate that one of the teams had to lose because – LCA yeah. played lights out. Uh, both teams did. And it was a lot of fun to be a part of. And just honestly uh, excited that it, it came out on the, the end that, that I cheer for. That's amazing. Danny Jones with us. Altman uh, was the most outstanding player. 22 of 39 for 422 yards and six touchdowns, including, as you mentioned, that game winner to uh, Steli in dramatic fashion. My goodness gracious. Um, you've seen a lot of games. Where would you rank that one? As far as high school football, it has to be number one. It has to be, it has to be number one because awesome. probably the, the stage, the opponent, uh, the rematch of Week 10, beating a team like that, I mean, look, LCA is a that team is phenomenal. They got athletes all over the field. Yeah. Trev Falk, a lot of respect for him. He's an outstanding coach. He's an outstanding football mind. Uh, so probably the stage and the way it was done. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen two touchdowns in eleven seconds to come back and win a game. I mentioned to you through our text thread the other day. I was at USC in Texas in two thousand and six, and to watch okay. to witness that game in person, you know, ranks up there. But it, to be on the call for this one. At my alma mater, where my where my daughter goes, it That's was awesome. uh, it, it was a lot of it was a special moment uh, to wrap up 21 years of doing St. Thomas War Radio. Wow, that's great. Third championship in four years for the Cougars. Fourth overall, dating back to 2016. Is Altman coming back next year? or Is he a senior? No, actually, both of these quarterbacks, Jawan Johnson and Sam Altman, will both cool. return for their teams next year. So <laughs> District 4-4A is going to be a lot of fun. Cool. Preston Welch comes back for Turlings. So penciling, there's going to be no shortage of quarterback in District Four Four A. It's going to be it's going to be another run to the Superdome. I'm just telling you, you're as good as the quarterback you have, and all three schools have three good ones. So it's going to yes, what a do. year it's going to be, man. Danny, thank you. I can tell by your excitement, man. That's uh, that's I was on the other side of the ledger. I lost in the state finals. Um, in basketball on a half-court shot at the buzzer. It still haunts me to this day, to this day, a lot, a lot, a lot of years passed, but I'll never forget it. Well, I, look, I, I played soccer growing up, and I remember losing my my final game in the state semifinals. And for kids, uh, these are memories that won't ever forget. And that's, yeah. uh, that's one thing I am glad for all these kids that I got to go back to the Superdome. Uh, I'm awesome. obviously not a big fan of the split, but this was a step right. in the right direction and to get everybody back and to have that kind of game and, and the, the competitiveness of it. Those kids uh, will remember this, all of them, not just the ones that won, but all the, right. all the divisions, the, the kids that got to play and experience that. And uh, I'm, I'm happy for all the kids that got to participate that this past weekend. 
Danny, I can't thank you enough for your time. What a recap. What a game it was. Congratulations again to all the teams in all the divisions that made it to the Superdome. Um, you know, some going to have to win, some going to have to lose. But to get there, that's quite the accomplishment. What a game. Thank you. Merry Christmas, buddy. I, I greatly appreciate your time. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Everybody, pick up there. Uh, you got it. Danny Jones, kind enough to join us. Uh, if you're looking for great stocking stuffers this holiday season, look no further than the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member of our rewards club, you'll he'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. But you can only score these great stocking stuffers by becoming a member of the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com it's free it's simple so go sign up today what did we learn from week 14 of the nfl a couple of things here and there when we return here on the jordy helper show on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look marvelous. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we welcome you back. Week 14 of the NFL season concludes tonight as Mac Jones and the New England Patriots travel out to the desert to take on Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Tune into the game tonight to find out. Pre-game begins at 7, kickoff set for 7.15. That's Monday Night Football right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers got run out the stadium by the San Francisco 49ers. The Carolina Panthers were winners. So now there's a one-game separation in the NFC South. Tampa Bay up at the top, one game ahead of both Atlanta, who was idle, and Carolina, who were winners. And the Saints are two games back uh, from there. So uh, there you go. The Minnesota Vikings failed to join Philadelphia in the NFC playoff field for now. They lost to the, the, the fighting Chuck Wood Detroit Lions. I, I think besides Philadelphia, besides Dallas in the NFC, I think Detroit right now is a team that no – Body wants to play. Nobody. And if they keep winning, they're going to get in to the playoffs. And then look out. Jared Goff and company? Huh. My goodness. Uh, the Vikings lost, but not um, not because of the efforts of one of their players. Former LSU Tiger Justin Jefferson was just spectacular. He caught 11 balls for a career-high 223 yards, his first 200-yard game in the NFL. Jefferson now has an even 1,500 yards on the season. If he averages 125 yards per game over the final four weeks, He'll become the league's first 2,000-yard receiver. 
He hasn't yet completed three full NFL seasons, and he's already had 13 games of 125 or more yards. He became the first player with at least 1,400 receiving yards in each of his first three seasons. Justin Jefferson is a stud. Congratulations to Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, who finally finally beat the Cleveland Browns for coach Stephen, Kevin Stefanski for the first time in six attempts. Way to go, the fighting Joe Burrows. Congrats also to the Jacksonville Jaguars, getting better and better, who beat Tennessee in Nashville for the first time in nine years. Trevor Lawrence, whoo, the top pick in the 2021 draft, better and better and better through for a career best 368 yards um had a trio of touchdowns in the win over the tennessee titans yeah boy look out look out um the bills no problem with a win 20 to 12 win over the jets uh first game in six years to open with 10 straight punts Ten straight punts, five by the Bills, five by the Jets. There was rain. There was snow. It was just, ugh, it was bad. It was bad. But the Bills, you know, got a win. A good Sunday for the Washington Commanders. Um, in their bye week, they rose from eighth to sixth place. Good for the second wild card in the NFC. Standings courtesy of losses by the New York Giants and the Seattle Seahawks. If the season ended today, and of course it doesn't, but if it did, the entire NFC East would be playoff bound. <laughs> playoff bound. Man. Um, so there you go. We had some long, long touchdown drives. The Cowboys had a long touchdown drive to, to get a win over uh, Houston, Baker Mayfield, and the Rams had a 98-yard fourth-quarter drive to for a come-behind victory. So two 98-yard drives. Uh, according to the NFL, this was the first time in the last 45 seasons with multiple game-winning touchdown drives of at least 95 yards with the game-winning score coming with under two minutes remaining in regulation. So nothing like a flare for the dramatic yes indeed uh this past weekend marks the conclusion of bye weeks in the nfl a half dozen teams atlanta chicago green bay indianapolis washington and our beloved new orleans saints were all on the couch sunday and we greatly appreciated that we didn't have to suffer through the trials and tribulations of another saint's loss Plain and simple. Um, thoughts and prayers go out to Mississippi State football coach Mike Leach, who remains hospitalized and in critical condition. The university said in a statement this morning, Leach suffered what was called Sunday a personal health issue that occurred at home. Now, according to a report by our friends at the Clarion Ledger, Leach had a massive heart attack and is still in critical condition. Um, he was at practice with the team Saturday as State was preparing to play Illinois January 2nd in the ReliaQuest Bowl. Uh, with Leach hospitalized, defensive coordinator Zach Arnett has been put in charge of the football program. So thoughts and prayers to Mike Leach, his family, um, and everything 
along the lines. You know how the Cowboys were talking about adding Odell Beckham Jr. to their squad? Well, apparently he's not ready to go. Cowboys didn't stop because they signed veteran wide receiver T.Y. Hilton to a contract today. This uh, He's 33 years old, comes a week after the Cowboys met with Odell Beckham Jr. Um, longtime Indianapolis Colt. Uh, and so Cowboys think they have it within them to make a Super Bowl run, and they're trying to uh, do everything they can. On another bad news, bad story, um, Texas ranked seventh in the AP college, men's college basketball poll, uh, has a problem on their hand because their basketball coach, Chris Beard, was arrested this morning on a felony domestic violence charge. He was arrested by police in Austin, Texas, booked at 4.18 a.m. on a third-degree charge of assault of a family-slash-household member impeding breath circulation or strangulation. He was released this afternoon at 2.44 p.m. after posting a cash bond bail set at $10,000. Beard is permitted to communicate with the alleged victim in a non-threatening manner, must stay 200 yards away from the residence where police were called and he was told he cannot possess a firearm. What a mess. What a mess. Uh, We'll see what his fate is they rank seventh overall, seven and one on the season, off to its best start in years. Longhorns are scheduled to host Rice tonight. Um, I can't imagine Beard coaching that. There's no way. So, so we shall see. Um, Beard's contract includes a provision under which he can be fired for cause for conduct the administration reasonably determines reflects poorly on the coach, program, school or university system that includes being charged with a felony really good basketball coach but stepped over the line we'll see what texas does they love to win but at any cost we shall see time time will tell on that front um let's see i've got one more to read here here we go the game wants to stuff your stocking that's right uh we've done a bunch of those kind of things with gift certificates how about a 500 dollars visa gift card it's the christmas comes early sweepstakes presented by armentor jewelers simply enter in the game rewards club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to score a 500 dollars visa gift card it's that easy it's the christmas comes early sweepstakes powered by armentor jewelers and the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station we'll take a quick time out when we come back blake ruffino the are you serious podcast Jaden daniels will he stay or will he go one of the topics and we'll delve into when we return here to the Jordy helper show on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles your home for the lsu tigers in southwest louisiana alexa and the game make a great team do yourself a favor and enable the alexa skill the game southwest louisiana so you can keep it locked in to the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles wherever you go We welcome you back. Before I get to our very important guest, um, 
The NBA announced this afternoon that Pelicans forward Zion Williamson named the Western Conference Player of the Week. He led the Pels to a 3-0 week with uh, averaging 33 points, eight boards, four dimes, a steal in 37 minutes of playing time per game, shooting an unbelievable 70%. Zion Williamson, I wonder what kind of football player he would have been if he could have stayed healthy. Uh, joining us now is a guy that knows a lot about football and other things. Our good friend who joins us on Mondays um, from the Are You Serious podcast, Mr. Blake Rafino. Happy holidays, BR. How are you, buddy? Happy holidays. Doing good. How are you doing? I am terrific. What's the latest around Tigertown? It's uh, a lot of recruiting going on. Um, um, the portal doesn't seem to have hurt LSU that badly with only 10 players in it. What do you think? Yeah, and I don't think it's it's anybody of, of significance. You know, I, I, I don't mean that in the wrong way. It's, it's not as if you've, you're losing starters um, and you right. do have depth coming in. And Jordy, they they are hitting the portal. They're evaluating, you know, guys that they think they can play. Obviously, they, as Brian Kelly's mentioned, it seems as if that they're doing a lot of due diligence um, in the transfer portal in reference to guys that they want to bring in uh, and at least talk to. Uh, so for that alone, I, I mean, look, they they've made a lot of offers along the defensive line. They got to get better there, and, and as far as depth is concerned, because you know, look, they played great, you know, early in middle of the season, but as the season worn worn on, you, you saw that it really affected them against A and M and against uh, Georgia. So they got to get bigger there. They got to get faster there. Uh, so I think if there's one position group that they got to hit hard and really kind of patch things up again, is going to be really the entire defense. At all three levels. Right. I'm with you. Uh, boy, they need some defensive backs for sure uh, in this thing. The big topic I want to talk to you about, and, and we don't have the answer. We don't know what the kid is thinking. But from your football state of mind, um, Jaden Daniels, I guess the question is, does he stay or does he go? And there's arguments for both of them. It just depends upon the kid and what he wants to do. Uh, and whatever he decides to do, I am all for it. But um, I'm of the belief he comes back. What is your belief and why? Um, you know, look, I, I don't – I say this out of opinion because I think that they played it closer to the chest over the last couple of days, and maybe originally they did. Um, the longer this goes in reference to him not announcing draft, the better it should make it be and feel for LSU that he is returning ultimately. Now, it is of my opinion if he returns that he's going to have to do what he did against Georgia and throwing the football. And I think that they can work with him to get him a situation where, listen, and, and sometimes, Jordy, you know, when you have talented men, you know, below you, you don't want to make enough mistakes to where you get pulled. And I think that he's just going to have to go out there and let it rip. You know, the, but the flip side of that and the only thing – that holds me back and saying that is 
I know a lot of people have their thoughts and opinions on Mel Kuyper Jr., but Mel doesn't. Mel's evaluation isn't isn't wrong in the sense of that he he hears and listens to what a lot of these scouts and front office guys say. And when you have Jaden Daniels fifth on your big board before he even runs, Jordy, you know if he goes out there and runs a forty and runs a four three, then what? You know, and, and so, especially with the capacity of him being able to throw the football the way that he does, you know, I, I just, it really just kind of makes me wonder, well, well, who's in his ear? You know, who's going to make the right decision for him? Because next year you'll have a couple of good quarterbacks, but you can go from fifth to third in just announcing that you're returning. So, I guess we'll see. But it's of my opinion, if I had to, you know, all bias decide, I would tell him to return. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, it's just an opinion. I think um, there's a lot of unfinished business. I think he made uh, incredible strides from the beginning to where he is now. Um, I think he became a really good leader. I think he became a good teammate. Uh, I think he's definitely a better quarterback. But I still think there's room for improvement. And I think if he sticks around with that triumvirate of Kelly and Denbrock and Sloan, I think he has a chance to really, uh, with his ability to run the football, run with the football and evade, I think he has a chance to jettison up the draft board. And I think if LSU has the type of season that we're thinking they will with so many quarterbacks, the quarterback at Alabama gone, the quarterback at Tennessee gone, and and quarterback at Florida gone, a lot of quarterbacks are leaving. Um, He has a chance to, if they have that type of season, he's got a chance to be a Heisman candidate. And I think that's the draw. I think LSU has the potential with him to be one of the top teams in the country. Well, they could return as a top 17, you know, if he does return. Because, again, let's think about it like this. Let's name the quarterbacks that that would come out. You would have Drew Leary wherever he lands. You would have Caleb Williams. I mean, who who else is out there? I don't know. I mean, you know, so there, you know, maybe what is, I think Ty Simpson's a redshirted freshman. If I'm not, or I I mean, there's, there's not a, I mean, Kay Klunick is a sophomore. I mean, Drake May, you know, will be coming out next year. So, I mean, really and truthfully, Jordy, if you if he puts it again, if he puts it together and, and makes a leap, again, he goes from possibly a, a late fourth or fifth round pick to possibly a top a, a top two round pick. So, and that's not, that's honestly with not improving, right? Like that's, that's just right. staying the same, which he won't do. He will get better. I just, I don't, I don't understand the, the pros necessarily of him going into the draft because what's going to happen is, is that they're going to, they're going to pin him up against Anthony Richardson from Florida which whether you like him, love him, or hate him, and you can think Jane Daniels is better, and I would agree with you, yeah. teams are going to pit them against one another, as Mel Kuyper alluded to in his <laughs> big board piece. So, I mean, it, it would just be – it would be. I'm not saying it would be dumb. It would just be highly, highly um, hyperbolic 
to to leave right now when you have a chance? Because Jordan, they're not LSU is not going to be worse next year. They're not going to be worse. Their old line will be better. Their receivers will be more experienced. You have high high talented kids. Spain, like Kayshawn Booty, you have other freshmen coming in. From what I hear, they're going to hit the portal for a receiver. So uh, they're not going to get worse, and the O-line's returning. Right. I mean, Jordan, there's not, an o, there's not an O-lineman that has any business leaving. Charles Turner can't leave. Anthony Bradford yeah. can't leave. I mean, those kids can't leave. Oh, and by the way, you add to Lance Hurd. So now you have the likelihood of moving what, who he, what he truly is and Emory Jones back into guard, and joining now you're cooking with grease. So the, the bottom line comes into all of this. Uh, there, there's just no real reason, in my opinion, for him to leave. Now, again, you know, somebody, somebody, you know, in the third says, hey, we're taking you in the third round, and you're talking about 4 or $5 million, you know, <laughs> Jordan, if someone sure. throws that in my face, I'm just going to tell sure. you something. <laughs> yeah, and more power to yeah, him if you know. that is the case. Uh, but LSU's got to come up with an IL money of their own to take care of this kid, and I'm sure they will. I'm, I, I agree with you 1,000% across the board, and I, that's why I believe he's coming back. Uh, he won't have Jarek Jenkins, uh, who announced today that he is um, not going to play in the Citrus Bowl, and he is uh, gone. He's off to pursue his dreams of playing in the NFL. 27 catches, 404 yards, led the team with six receiving touchdowns touchdowns this season your thoughts on that um should have had more playing time should have just told jack i mean i hate to say this on a lafayette radio station should have you know should have uh, you know i know you're rotating best in you know but uh <laughs> they i mean he was mr clutch right I, there's no yeah. debating that when you needed a touchdown jerry jenkins was coming down with the football so I think that I think he was mismanaged. If I'm being honest, okay. I just I don't, you know, I get Brian Thomas, and I know Brian Thomas is an absolute freak of nature, but but Jordy, I mean, you at some point you got to catch football. So I'm happy right. for Jure. Jure's been nothing but a great kid. You know, I've never in my life heard any coach, whether this staff or the other, say anything negative about him. Um, he's always been a hard worker, so. I hope that he gets the racing McMath treatment, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm watching um, uh, DJ Chark catch touchdown passes on Sundays now, and how long did it take that kid to play under Les Miles? And uh, you, you just never know, right? You just never know. So we, Well, racing we McMath got drafted for running a 4-3 something in the pro day. I mean, yeah. now he's been banged up, but they've kept him home on active roster in, in, in Tennessee for God knows how long just to play special teams, because, and then they put him out there to block and stuff like that. But he's a better overall wide receiver. I mean, uh, Jordy, uh, this, kid, this kid's going to get drafted, right? Like, Jaree's going to get drafted. It just depends on can he can, – Jordy, the worst thing that can happen to Jaree Jenkins is he goes out there and runs a sub-4-5-40. It's the worst thing that can happen. He's got to go in there and run 4-something, four 4-4-something, four, four because if he does, then he's great. But, Jordy, anything above 4-5, you know, then then he's in trouble. I'm just telling you because he doesn't he doesn't have the production. NFL teams nine times out of ten will draft a guy that runs a four three because you can't teach that. Everybody runs a four five. 
Montre Sweat, Jordan ran a 4.46, uh, <laughs> 272 pounds. <laughs> Excuse me. You, you just, you know, you can't, they're not going to, unless you're a slot receiver and you're quicker and your shuttle time is electric, okay, that's one thing, a.k.a. Wes Welker. But they're not going to, they're not going to take you sub 4.540. So him skipping the bowl game, I have no issue with. I'm with you. Um, I'm with you. Uh, Blake Rafino, kind enough to join us. I'm just reading something. There's actually thought here that Jimbo Fisher may hire as his offensive coordinator, Bobby Petrino. Oh, my gosh. What? Yeah. What? I, so, Jordy, I, I, look, listen, I don't mean this in the wrong way. The only man that can save that team right now is Jesus Almighty. <laughs> okay. They had 22 kids in the portal about to be 23. Okay. Yeah. I Jesus, you know, Jesus was calling plays. That's going to be the only person that could save them at this point. Because when, again, we know this, when you have 55 to 60 scholarship players, Jordan, where are they replacing them? Because they, they have 12 hard commitments from high school commits. They don't have any. They, they hardly have any. It's for a portal, uh, guy uh, or offers out there. I mean, I don't mean to be rude, but where in the heck are you going to get players from? I, 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 there's a part of me that asks the question: Is Jimbo trying to get fired? Like I really believe that because how can you have that many players in the portal and not be active? How? It makes zero sense. The best corner that you have, allegedly, Denver Harris is out. I mean, I don't know. I, I have no. I have the best feed lineman in the country, Walter Nolan, went in the portal. What you know, or was planning to go in the portal. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I have zero idea what he's doing. Bobby Petrino can't save him. They, they, he can't be saved. So it's a players' league. It's a players' conference. So I don't know how you feel on it. But I think it's a, it's it's worse than Orgeron at times. Jordy, they don't have players even committed. At least Ed was having top five, top three, you know, recruiting classes. Yeah. I mean, they're not even doing. I mean, oh, well, Blake, they had the best recruiting class of all time. Well, I think was it now eleven of those kids are in the portal. So yeah. I mean, and Jordy, spare me on my on this rant that I go on. Spare me that these kids were making $75,000 a year. 11 kids don't go in the transfer portal if, they're, if you're dishing out that kind of money. You mean they want to play over seventy five grand? Get out of here, man. I mean, they, 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 that, that's just that, – that was that's malarkey. You, you're betting on LSU? They're 10.5-point favorites over Purdue in the uh, – what is it? The Cheez-Its or the whatever, Citrus Bowl? Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to take the points, no, but, but Purdue's coach is gone. I mean, Brom's yeah. Brom left. Um, yeah. but at the same time, <laughs> you know, at the same time, does Jane Daniels play? Does Gary Nussmeyer right. come in? Does, you know, you know, I, I want, Jordan, let me tell you what I do for bowl games. I bet nothing but money lines. Nothing but money lines. Yeah, I don't, how can they even come up with a line I, when they don't know who's going to play and who's not going to play? I, I, how do they come I, I up with no, that? I, I have no idea. I have zero. Mm-hmm. So, as an example, Jordy, LSU opened up as a five-and-a-half-point dog. I mean, a half, five-and-a-half-point favorite. 
Kayshawn Booty announced they went to eight and a half. Jeff Brom leaves and goes to Louisville. They go up to ten and a half. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, why would I take the point now? I would have taken it at five and a half. <laughs> I, I, you know, which I probably should have done. Got a pretty good quarterback. They can throw it around the yard a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah so and look, we'll they, got, they got a receiver. The the receiver in that Michigan game, yeah. I forget his name. I think it's uh, Johnson. Had thirteen catches, one hundred eighty something yards. And I mean, they got dudes now. They can play no a little doubt. bit. I mean, they can play now. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, you know, Alabama's a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Kansas State. You think Bryce Young and uh, Williams are going to be playing for Bama? In a way. No way. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. You know, I. but, you know, I, I know I wouldn't. You know what's funny about that, though, Jordy? Because a lot of the Kansas State players are going to be playing, you know, because they don't. There's not really anybody that's a I mean, first, second, third round pick on that team outside right. of Deuce Vaughn. What right. happens? What happens if Alabama ha- houses Kansas State with a backup quarterback? Uh, yeah, I, I. You know, there there are small pockets of times that I do I do root for the entire SEC. This being one of them. Okay, meaning Kansas State just beat TCU. Okay, Kansas State lost to Tulane. So I, my bottom my bottom point is is that t- TCU lost in the conference championship game and didn't didn't move. I, I, look, I hate Alabama. I really do. But spare me that you think TCU's better. Spare me. But Bryce I, I'm Young, with you. I'm with you. Uh, All right, Blake Rafina. Uh, um, we'll be keep watching the portal, watching. Uh, uh, for signatures that come up on the 21st, so big signing day coming up. Does LSU get 20 or more players signed on day one? Um, maybe not all on day one, but they'll okay. get over 25. I think I think they're 23 right now. I think that they'll end probably at, probably at 26. If that being Harold safe. Perkins, Harold Perkins was the top recruit a year ago. Who's the top recruit this year? Um, I'm going to go with a wild card. I'll go to Sean Womack, the defensive end from Maryland. Okay. Um, somebody on staff said that they feel that he can have a Harold Perkins type impact. He's that good of a pass rusher. I'll, uh, I'll they, take they him. They said that he could have played for LSU last year. Let's roll, and, baby. Just get me Jaden yep. Daniels back and let's roll. He is Blake Rafino, the Are You Serious podcast. Thank you, my friend. Later. Merry Christmas. Later, brother. Bye-bye. So you got it. We'll take our final timeout and wrap. It all up here on the Jordy Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a state. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, special thanks to all of our guests. Scott Kushner on the Pelicans, Glenn West with LSU, Danny Jones recapping that uh, scintillating St. Thomas Moore uh, LCA uh, state championship game and Blake Rafino just um, shooting the breeze with us. If today is your birthday, December 12th, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Do you know Bob Barker is 99 years old today. 99. Um, former LSU Tiger just retired with a Super Bowl ring for the Rams. Andrew Whitworth is 41. Um, one of three LSU quarterbacks to win a national championship. Uh, four, rather. Four. Joe Burrow, uh, Matt Flynn, um, 
Um, Matt Mock and 85-year-old Warren Rabb has a birthday today and one of the all-time legendary basketball figures, not only for LSU, but in the NBA, the gentleman's gentleman, Bob Pettit, is 90 years young today, and he looks fantastic. Happy birthday, Mr. Pettit. Uh, James Mesh, thank you for all you do. Thanks to all of you for listening in. Thanks to our partners that make it possible each and every day. Uh, tomorrow, Bob Rose, Saints News Network, the Black and Gold Report, and other things coming down the pipeline. Um, so be sure to tune in. Same time, 2 to 4, same great station, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Until next time. I'm Jordy Holtberg. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and be happy, please. It's the holiday season. So long, everybody.